Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. You know, each week to pray and ask God, Lord, what is it that you want for your people today? And that, that is my prayer. And uh, so you can be assured to know that I seek him on your behalf. And uh, so um, if we mix our faith and our hope and our expectation with that, then we can tap into what the Holy Spirit has for us here at Valley. And that's the beauty of, of being a part of a local church is to know that uh, we're in a special stream and a special plane uh, for our relationship with God to be enhanced and be carried along in our, our uh, purpose. Well, I want to talk, last week we talked about dreams. And as I told you, it's kind of really the precursor for really what I feel like I'm just going to camp on the whole concept of, of dreaming and faith and moving forward in God for a while, until I'm done, until I feel like I've discharged all that God has in my heart to give. And so I want to talk about your next step. And I want to talk about a biblical formula for, for success. And so I want to encourage you today. I want you to know that God has called us to a life that's pretty tough. It's not easy, is it? Have you found out that this tr- Christian journey, man, it's a battle. Some days you just feel like, you know, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to heaven now. Done here. Um, you know, to live is Christ, to die is gain. But, you know, God has us here. And if, and if we're here and we breathe in and out, then he's got a purpose for us, a plan. And, uh, and he wants us to be filled with joy and that abundant life. We know that's true. It's how to get there and stay there that's the real challenge. And uh, so I want to give you just kind of, once again, as your pastor, I want to praise for you and loves you, give you, uh, I call, about, call it a biblical formula, but that's just kind of my scientific you know, mathematician mind coming out there. But really, it's, it's, it's to encourage you. It's to pull together some biblical truths so that you can, you can know where you're going to help you move forward in your relationship with God. Talking about dreams, it, it's funny because last week I got a lot of, I got some feedback, some people just saying, man, I really needed to hear that. I just really needed to know, gosh, you know, God does have more for me and I'm ready to take those steps. And then... I also had someone, you know, and a few people just say, you know what, gosh, it just really enhanced <laughs> my sense of just not really knowing what to do next. And I'm afraid to dream. And, and I can identify, believe me, I can identify with that. But what I'm going to share with you today, I feel like, is if you can get your heart around this, then you can move forward, if you will indeed um, put some of this to work. So we talked about dreams and dreaming. We learned that if we submit our dreams to God... They are essentially God dreams, then they will succeed. And God helps us to sort those out when we submit them, we surrender those dreams to God. We're going to find that God refines them. He, he, he takes it like the gold and that's filled with dirt and rock. And as we, he boils and brings us to that, that incredible temperature, that, that that stuff comes to the, the top and he's able to scrape it off and continue to refine us and get that dream that is just pure gold and shining. Um, But if our dreams are not based in God, we learned last week that it's really fantasy. And essentially, it's based on a a selfish motive. And 
and those dreams will not come to pass because they just kind of hang there. And, and so t- sometimes that really explains why sometimes we're so frustrated with uh, things not happening the way we'd like them to happen. And, uh, and, 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 and maybe those dreams will, be, you know, will come forward. Maybe those things, those fantasies will go forward. But what I've also found is even, you know, even if they do go forward and they're not built on God, they'll bring leanness to our souls. In other words, we may fulfill some wonderful things in this life, but they're not bringing fulfillment personally. We feel like something's missing. And, um, and so anyway, it's, just, it, it's important for us to take a look at that. We learned that many of us are, are just stopping in our tracks and are no longer really dreaming. And as a matter of fact, some of the dreams, you know, have become nightmares. So how do we keep, get going again? How do we move forward? So I want to share this formula with you today very quickly. But there's four steps. And I want to talk about character. And I want to talk about wisdom and faith and risk. And all of that, when we understand that biblically and we move forward through the, each of these and value each one of these qualities, these steps, then we will come to a fulfillment of a kingdom dream, a fruitful life. So let's start with the first step. Let's talk about character. Let's talk about character. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 7, it says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. That's an amazing thing. What we find is that often God will remind us that we're on his path by the fruitfulness and the sense of peace and joy that surrounds us. It's very similar to us taking a pathway that we, in the end we begin to realize, you know what, this is not right. <laughs> My boots are getting all dirty. I'm getting hung up. Their wait-a-minute vines are all over me. This is not a well-trodden path. This is not high ground. And in the same way, when we're moving forward in our life and we begin to see more and more of the the signs and the, um, you know, the presence of difficulty and struggle, we just think we need to work harder when God is just really trying to get our attention. And this proverb is so powerful because he says, when our ways please God, then we'll make even our enemies live at peace with us. And if you find yourself surrounded with enemies, and that's really what Proverbs is, is trying to point out to us. If we find our lives, you know, we burn on a lot of bridges, we're getting out of relationship with people. Fellowship is falling apart left and right. And we find ourselves isolated. Then God's trying to get our attention. And we might just think, and as we so pridefully do and often do, think, you know, it's everybody else's problem. We live in this world of a bunch of idiots. And I'm the only one who's enlightened. You know, I'm the only one who's wise. I'm the only one who really knows. Let me just tell you, McFly. That's not true. Hello. Uh, so it should be a wake-up call. Proverbs 13.3, he who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. And it doesn't say speaks rashly, you know, will have a bad day. He who speaks rashly will, you know, be reminded or have a bad feeling. No, 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 no. It says you'll come to ruin. And so, man, we got to watch our mouth, don't we? we got to be really careful. And what we're doing is we're pointing at the idea of character. That, and I want to I just put this in here. Character counts. You hear that in the world. And the, even the world knows that. 
But as believers, I find it sometimes that we kind of hyper-spiritualize that and we want to sidestep character for the sake of anointing. We want to sidestep character for the sake of something that's really spiritual. And you know what? We de- sometimes we've developed whole cultures that even the, the, the church life can be around. You know what? We don't care what you do outside these doors. You can live the li- any life you want to live, but in these doors you know, is when we can turn it all on and we can become really spiritual and we can really act Christian-like. But outside there, well, see, that doesn't really matter. And that just kind of reminds me of what, it, what the church became in, in, the, in the, the olden days, as we call it. But, but the, the, the first through the fourth century of the, the church, they began to wander away from a relationship with Christ and they created this system and so what happened was that people just thought that they could come to the Mass so they could come to this experience and then they would be absolved of their sins and then just go back to live their lives. But that's not what Jesus died for. And so it should leak. It should come out of us. It should, matter of fact, in reality, this is just a celebration time and then we go out and live it. And so character definitely counts. And so our mouth is often the greatest indicator of where our character really is, what comes out of us. Jesus really, I didn't put the verse down here, but Jesus really, he said, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, what happens? The mouth speaks. See, you know that verse. You know it well. (laughs) And so, yeah, eventually what's in us is going to come spilling out. And and depending how self-controlled and what your personality is, if you're a person who's very... Um, you internalize a lot and you tend to be more introverted, then it takes a little bit more to squeeze it out. But eventually it'll come when you get under a lot of pressure and struggle. But then there's some of us who've got that extrovert and, you know, I mean, we just know who you are right from the beginning, right? You just kind of let us know. And uh, all just pretty much an indicator. And, uh, well, certainly give an indication of where your character really is and Colossians 3, 1 through 17 is an excellent section of Scripture that we all should spend some time in and really memorize it. Because Paul really lays it out in both of those epistles in Ephesians and in Colossians chapter 3. Paul just says, listen, you know what? The church is really growing. And a lot of you are asking me questions. And a lot of the epistles were Paul's response to the church is saying, now what do we do? How do we respond to this journey in this whole wonderful thing that we've learned because we got some people over there are thinking this is the way the church ought to be and we got some people over here saying this is what the church ought to be we just need to know from you paul you planted us you're our you're our father in the faith tell us what are we supposed to be doing and so in in colossians 3 uh paul makes it very clear he says you know you need to not tell, tell each other lies you don't need to gossip and complain and slander one another He said, you do not need to rip one another off. You don't need to steal from one another. You don't need to backbite. You don't need to do all those things, you know, to hurt one another. Because he's saying, listen, if it doesn't work inside the church, it will work nowhere. And so he listed out, you know, he said, let, he said, no sexual immorality, not even a hint of it. He says, you know, you can't, you can't encourage that and you, you need to lovingly, uh, be accountable to one another, to, you know, to not uh, do things that would, would bring shame upon yourself. And so he lays it out there kind of as a guide, and I said as a goal. So character cannot come, and it must never become, 
or uh, will come before anointing, or the foundation will be faulty and will not stand when resistance comes. So in your, your pursuit of dreams, putting this together, in your pursuit of dreams and moving forward in God, you, the first step is examining your life. The first step is determining what is, my, what is the foundation of my life. And, and I mean, you know, you have to go to God and, and you have to just say, Lord, why are, so let me go with it in that direction first. God, why are there not a lot of things working out in my life? And it is human nature to want to look at others and blame others for that. But really, we need to look inside first. We need to say, okay, what am I doing? Lord, if you'll make even my enemies live at peace with me because I'm pleasing you, if I'm seeing, you know, a disquieted soul and things not working out, there must be, it goes back to pleasure. It goes back to how am I pleasing you or not pleasing you? And that's a good thing to pray. God Am I pleasing you? Am I pleasing you with my life? And it really doesn't matter about what, if you're pleasing anybody else, okay? So let me get that straight. You don't need to please me as a pastor. You don't need to please anybody else but God himself. But can we, can we start there and really just know how important that is when we want to see success in our life as believers that it has to start with that foundation of saying, Lord, would you... S- See me, try me. Is there any wayward way? Psalm 139, you know, is there some place in me that I've wandered off track and as a result, I'm experiencing conflict, struggle, the loss. I mean, there's not the blessing that I may see in others' lives or I see other people testifying about and I'm just looking at that going, why is that? Well, you gotta start with asking the one who is in charge of your soul, the one who you are ultimately supposed, and I am ultimately supposed to be pleasing. And it's so, as I said, so much human nature to want to just say, it's my circumstances. You know, I've been given a bum deal. It's choices that I've made in my life that everybody else has, has been unfaithful to. But really, simply asking God, God, what in my character needs to change? And so, you know, that, that we will take that and, and not... Let it, you know, beat us upside the head. Not it be a downer. Not be anything other than the fact that the wonderful thing is is that God has taken care of all that and he wants to help us. He wants to help us grow in those areas. He just wants us to be honest. He just wants us to come and to bear our souls and bring it before him. That's, he's not looking for perfection. He is the perfection. But he is looking for progress. And he is looking for humility, which is always the... Uh, the foundation for character is humility. So that first step, examining our life. Got to have that right motive deep down inside. Next is wisdom. And you know I love wisdom, and, and it's funny. Nobody can really talk about wisdom because nobody's really qualified except, you know, to be able to just love it because that's what the book of Proverbs talks about. It just talks about one who's wise is one who loves wisdom. And it's just like I enjoy talking about it. Not that I'm, you know, any good at it, but that I think it's a valuable tool. Okay? So Ecclesiastes 7.25, it says, I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. Here's Solomon just saying, 
you know, one of the things that I was given as a gift from God, and that is really, when we talk about wisdom, that's what it is. It is a searching. It is a constant journey to apply our heart to know the ways of God, to know and to seek out, to seek out wisdom. What is the wisest course of, and, and I think what has become kind of this hyper-spiritual thing once again is that we, you know, you ever heard of that, that phrase, fools rush in? You've heard it. I think we got a name, a uh, movie named after you, but uh, fools rush in. That's exactly right. We make decisions that are impulsive. And a lot of times, even as Christians, we'll just say, God told me, and then boom. And be careful with that, because that God told me, I often say, is like that ace card that, that any Christian can do at any time. It's almost like a credit card. You can just flash it right now. God told me. And it's got, and everybody's just like, oh, well, God told you, so listen, I'm not going to challenge that. God told me to go into debt, $30,000 for a car. He did. <laughs> did he really? Now, believe me, I have heard, we laugh. But man, I see a lot of people doing a lot of things in the name of Jesus that are not in the name of Jesus. And what we see is taking a next step in God. Is one, again, dealing with our character, but secondly, we've got, folks, we've got to grow in wisdom. And that is a very biblical thing. In other, to, in other words, to, to take a moment to consider, to take a moment to seek out the matter, to look in and to really see is, is all that glitter, is that glitters is gold? I mean, is there, you know, a lot of times with investments and business opportunities and things like that, you know, again, we just think something's good right off the bat and boop, pff, doing, I feel good. Maybe even got your little prophetic word came alongside. But really what you need to do is just kind of sit for a little while and, and, and research it. Is this a good thing? Is this, is this important? I mean, is this a good thing for my family? What is this going to cost me? What is it going to cost me in the way of time and energy? How is this going to affect the, the priorities in my life? How is this going to do and just consider the matter? And Solomon was great in that, and that's what he said, to look deeply into a matter. And he says, to know the wickedness of folly. Mm, mm, mm. You know, one of my children, I won't tell you who, but one day they, just, they told me, they said, Dad, you know, I just don't want to make the wrong decision. And I could tell that there was a kind of a little bit of a paralyzation. It was just kind of paralyzed to say, I just don't want to make, I and you know why she, I say she. <laughs> Oops, well, that narrowed it down, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, let's go for it. Uh, you know why she asked that question? Is because she has observed. And see, to observe life is a good thing. Watch the ways of people and look at their paths and see their fruit and watch where it goes and to look at it. And we don't do enough of that because all we want to just see is the initial excitement, the, the flush of of victory, the, you know, yes, you know, or the, the, the glory, or, and sometimes it just plays right into our jealousies, and we want something that we see somebody gets, but what we really need to do, and what wisdom demands, is that we watch over a period of time to see what does that really bear. The seeds are sown, what comes up, and then what are the fruits that come off of that? I say fruits, but you know what I mean, fruit is plural. So, Oh, 
Yeah, but that's wisdom. And taking those next steps in your life, folks, you've got to spend time there. Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. Folks, that is a key. Wisdom, we have to value it to the point where it says here, though it costs you all you have. That's interesting. That's very interesting. You know, Jesus used that a bit of this same kind of concept when he says, it's like the man who goes to a field and he finds a pearl buried in the dirt or a treasure in the dirt. And he buries it back up and says, I'm not telling anybody about what this is. So he goes and he buys the land, which is so funny because some people would say that's a very Jewish thing to do. You know, hey, who, who, who owns that nasty land over there? You know, it's just like saying, it's no good, it's no good, yet it's really good. And that's what he goes. He says, who owns that nasty land over there? Well, you know, you know brother, brother Benjamin owns that land. Well, I'm going to buy it from him. Hey, what will you take for this? He buys the land, and then he goes, ha, ha, digs up that treasure, becomes a millionaire because he sought it out, because he was wise, because he was crafty, because he considered the matter. And, you know, Matter of fact, Jesus said that in that proverb. He says, though it cost him all that he had, though he had to take all his money to get that land, it was going to work out to be something more. Now, of course, it was a figurative thing. You know, folks, this, this is the truth. How much is it worth to you to have a life full of peace? I mean, what is, I remember in e- economics, they called it pleasure units. How many pleasure units? Isn't that crazy? How many pleasure units are stacked up for a life full of peace? Well, you really need to t- talk to people who've lived a significant period of time to really get the answer to that question. And to just ask them, listen, if you would do things differently, what would you do? That is searching out a matter. That is coming alongside someone and saying, listen, tell me about your life. Find someone with some gray hairs and say, tell me about your life. What would you do differently? Young people, I'm speaking to you. Because you know what? You may not, not everything may line up. Not everything may be the same. But I guarantee you that you're going to find a lot of wisdom there. You're going to find a a tremendous amount of treasure that you can take and apply to your life. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans fail for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Counsel. When it comes to wisdom, folks, we're not going to come upon this by ourselves. As a matter of fact, what's very true is that most of us think we're wiser and smarter than everybody else, especially if you're under 18 years old. (laughs) Now listen, you young folks, just because you know how to program a computer and find iTunes and all that stuff doesn't make you smarter than me. (laughs) Even though it may be true. Give me a couple of weeks, I'll figure it out. I'm just kidding. But, uh, but folks, we need to get some counsel. We don't need to think that we're the end all. And that, because see, it almost kind of, wisdom is both searching out the matter on my own, but also looking to others. And sometimes to find people that have a gift of wisdom and ask them and submit your plans, not only to God, but to people. And to ask them, especially significant spiritual leaders like your parents or your pastors 
or elders or deacons or someone that you can come alongside and you know just bounce that off them and just say, hey, what you, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think of that? But you know what? I have found that a lot of us don't like to ask the question, why? Because we know what we're going to hear. Hmm. I like to look at that by saying this. You're a whole lot wiser than you thought. You're pretty smart. You're so smart that you don't want to hear what you know is right. That I don't want to hear what I know is right. And see, that's when we need to just stop. And, you know, and if we're afraid to get counsel, that should be just a warning light right off the bat, shouldn't it? Shouldn't we all just say, man, if I am not willing to sit my, submit all of my plans to someone and just see what they think, you know? I've had people over the years, they come to me, and say, listen, these are my dreams, these are my thoughts, what do you think? And I've been able to just kind of open my spirit up and not, and, and many times, you know, sometimes when people come to me and just say, hey, I'm thinking about leaving the area. And, you know, and selfishness might ride up, rise up inside me as a pastor because I don't want people to leave and just say, oh, I don't think that's God at all. <laughs> no, that's a demon, man. Don't be, don't be talking to those demons now. <laughs> but no, 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 no. I mean, you can, you can know that my heart is, is it, I'll just say, listen, yeah, let me just try this on for you. For you. You know what? Let me use an example, one that's really we all know, and, you know, we all love Jordan, and we all miss him. I miss that boy. And, but Jordan came to me, and he presented this to me, and everything inside me just said, nah, Damon. <laughs> nah, this is the devil talking to you. But no, I had, to, I had to try him on, and I had to look in his eyes, and I had to, you know, seek God on his behalf, and I said, Jordan, this smells like God. It so smells like God that I got to tell you that and to encourage him and, and to see that there was a dream growing inside him. I could see what he had been made to be and to do, and I had to encourage that. You know, I couldn't get in the way of it. And so we need that in our life, folks. We need folks to come alongside us and be able to tell us, all right, I got to get moving here. Faith is the third step. Faith. Now, look, faith and wisdom don't even seem like they belong in the same room which is so amazing because wisdom is more of something that we get when we read the Old Testament, especially Psalms and Proverbs. But faith is what we get when we read the Gospels, when we read the life of Christ. And, 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 but you've got to have both. They're two sides of the same coin. So in wisdom, we get caution. In faith, we get confidence. Okay? Important to see the difference and why we need them both. Because see, once we have sought out the matter well, once we have checked off all the boxes and we can confidently say, I'm doing what I know, I'm, I've searched this matter out, then we can apply faith. Then we can say, God's got this. Then we can say, I know I'm building my decisions on biblical truth, biblical counsel, and I got my ducks lined up. And now I can move forward. So you guys see the difference between us doing those things which are impulsive, those things that everybody else does. We base some of our decisions. You know, I bet there's at least a dozen testimonies out there of people that you, maybe you've made some financial decisions and you look at it and you just really regret it. I remember I was so close to a decision one time of a guy who came to me and, and, and anytime anybody comes in a rush and you've got to buy now, run. Run, run, run. So a guy says, listen, man, there's, this, there's this, big, this big investment thing going on, and it involved oil, and of course, whenever there's oil, there's billions, right? And it was just like, hey, man, if you jump in on this, oh, man, it's a venture capitalist, and wants to jump in, we got to do this now, now. And I remember just going, going from a checkbook, and just saying, no, 
Something doesn't smell right about this. So I went to my ultimate wise counselor, my oldest brother, who I call him Dr. No. He's Dr. No. And I figured, you know, so I bounced it off him, and he was just like, give me 24 hours. He got on the Internet. He came back. He said, David, this company is, they've got no foundation. This guy has been guilty of other things and has built a lot of other people out of money. And he said, the further I dug, the uglier it got. He says, run away. And I had to tell a Christian brother that. I said, dude, listen, my brother, he's an engineer. He's very wise. He looked into this thing. He dug deeper, and he found this is just not good. We, we need to run from it. Sure enough, within months, the whole thing got investigated by, you know, whoever was involved with the money things and uh, got... You know, a lot of people lost a lot of money. I could have been one of them. So wisdom, key. Now let's talk about that faith. Hebrews 11.6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, when, we're, when we get stuck in wisdom, and I found that to be true about my own life, is that, and, and I'm going to be really honest and forthright with you, is that I tend to be more of a caution person. I tend to be more of a let's just wait person. But you know what? You can't wait forever. Remember the old Fisher cut bait thing, you know? I mean, after a while, God just says, now look, are you going to bury your talent? Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll, we'll come to back to that. But see, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, we're talking about our journey in the Lord. We've worked on our character. We've sought out a, out a matter. We've gotten counsel and wisdom. Now it's time to exercise some faith. It's beginning to say, okay, God, you can do this. And it's impossible to please God without faith. In, in other words, to trust him, to believe him. And I write down here, you know what? Negativity is a disease. It will destroy you and the lives of the people around you. Man, if you're walking in negativity, mm, I hate to say it, but it's the language of the devil. I mean, and you would not me, and I would not be the first person who ever was speaking the devil's words. I mean, Peter did. Jesus turned on him and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Ouch. So if you've got people around you to speaking, no, 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 you can't do this, you can't do this, or, and, and there's just a lot of negativity, or they're talking, gossiping, and slandering people, you need to get away from those people. You do not let them, I mean, that's poison. If they're a friend or a loved one, you need to rebuke them lovingly. Say, listen, that, that's not good right there. You need to stop talking that way. Because you are drilling holes in your own boat. And we'll all think, I mean, get that image in your mind. Hey, man, just having a great time here. Well, let's use it like, you know, and that's, being, that's what negativity is doing. And expecting that boat to just float high in the water won't do it. James 2.26, faith without deeds is dead. James tells us that. See, wisdom without faith is just going to be a lot of that. Wisdom, knowledge. They're just great ideas that never come to fruition. We can seek out a matter. We can do all the research. But finally, it comes down to, you know what? You've got to take a jump. In Hebrews 11.6, ignore this little red lady behind me. <laughs> it says this, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, we've got to believe that God is for us and it wants to bless us through his word. We've got to believe it. 
And see, faith grows out of a relationship with him. I want, I want to point that out. So you're focused on your character. You're focused on wisdom and seeking out a matter. Now it's to seek him out. It's to put your heart fully in Jesus Christ and say, God, I've got my ducks lined up. I'm ready to move forward. And you tell me that nothing is impossible or all things are possible with those who believe. So now, Jesus, I'm putting my hope in you. I have, I have filtered this dream out, man, and I'm ready to move forward and put my complete trust. And see, I, I find a lot of Christians get stuck there, to be honest. They get stuck right there. And they don't know how to believe God. Or maybe you've believed God in the past and there were some issues and God just said, listen, let's try this again and let's do it biblically. The final point is this, is risk. And I do want to end on that. We must be willing to lose everything to gain even more. Matthew 25, verse 25. It says, so I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. See, a lot of us, that's what we do. We've been given something from God. And we're going to say, you know what? I don't want to lose this. I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose, you know, my, um, even sometimes our insignificance. And we just bury it. And Jesus is going to come again, folks, and he's going to say, what have you done with what I've given you? What have you done with it? And it's going to involve some risk. We're going to have to take some steps. And what is the enemy of that? Of course, it's fear. That's what causes us to, to do that. If we just, we're fearful. We're fearful of rejection. We're fearful that what we produce is no good. It's going to take some risk on our parts. It means we're going to have to start moving out of those safe places. It means we're going to have to start in the church, in the local church, and which is a wonderful factory, a wonderful place to develop dreams to start things in your life. I don't know how many people that have formed businesses as a result of being a part of the local church that that's where, that was the incubator to grow in confidence and learn wisdom by serving people and realizing, wow, I can do this. Now folks, see the risk is this, or rather the result without risk is what Jesus told to the one who buried it. He says, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. You know, folks, the things that we've been given, us, given to us, maybe even our children, if we ignore those wonderful gifts that we've been given, you know, sometimes people, other people are going to snatch up our children and use them for their own ends. You know, sometimes I, we get some criticism sometimes about the, the time that we focus on our children. Folks, I, can I share my heart there? To just say that I value them as gifts. What everyone prayed for, cried over. To see that they are gifts from God. Why would we not want to pour our lives into them? And for them, for us to be able to help them grow up and see and, and invest them rather than to bury them or even to ignore them. See, we'll lose what we have if we're not willing to grow and to to invest what God has given us. So how do we pray? How do we finish here? Let me go through these quickly. We've got to ask God to help us build character. You know, there are some of us that have some infirmities in our soul. 
And I, I don't want that to discourage you because the truth is we all have them and they are things that will hold us back. I, have, I still have plenty. And I had a lot more when I first came to the Lord. And I'm so grateful that, it, that he, he healed me up on so many things. Still healing me up on so many things. But he's ready to do it. He's ready to, to remove those things out of our lives that keep us from being able to move forward. They're the holes in our buckets. And we can't ignore them. We're going, to, we're going to the well and we're filling up with, with all the wonderful things of God and we try to run and take that bucket to wherever God wants us to serve. But all along the way, those holes are just draining out what we could have. We've got to stop and plug up those holes and let Jesus do it. Then we've got to ask God to help us grow in wisdom. Look before we leap. Is it the right time? Is it the right place? Is it the right mount? Is it the right motive? Is it God's will? Thirdly, to ask God to help us grow in faith. To believe God for more. To diligently seek his heart for all the areas of our life. He says he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligence. Meaning daily at his doors. Daily. Lord, show me. Help me. Lead me. And I'll do what you tell me to do. And I will do it with passion. And then finally, ask God to help us not shrimp back from the risk. If there's some fear in your life, then it's eating your lunch, as they say. What God wants you to have, it's even, being, even that is being taken away. And you can't let that happen. You know, sometimes the best way to deal with fear is to challenge that very thing. I call it getting on the roller coaster. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you are you just, you're afraid of roller coasters? Yeah. <laughs> some of you are just like, yeah. You know, and I was definitely afraid of them too, but I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let this thing beat me. Not going to do it. So I found the highest, fastest, and jumped on that baby. And you know how it is. Ching, 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 ching. You're going up. I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm going to die. I'm going to heaven. You know, this is going to be the car that flies off and I go off into the lake. But you know what? It was such a good thing for my soul to face it. Because we all, and if you've ever done that before, then you get off and say, that was awesome. That was unbelievable. How many things in our life, folks, do we not participate? We do not jump in because we're just afraid of the roller coaster. You got to jump on. If it kills you, hey, heaven. That's all I thought of was, well, if I fall off, you know, the rest of my family's on it too, so we all go together. I'm kidding, but... See, ultimately, it, it's time to dream for God to use us in ways that will bring a greater increase, a greater increase in our life. He wants more. We want more. And he's ready to give it. Amen? So let's stand up this morning. Let's pray. Let's ask him. You know, a formula is just a formula unless it's mixed with faith and a determination to use it. So let's, add, let's come to the Lord and let's ask him to help us. You know, you know what grace is? Grace is God doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. So I'm going to start there. Lord, we come to you, your wonderful throne. 
we're asking for an abundance of grace to be poured out upon us right now. Lord, it's hard to look into your word and sometimes to just, it, Lord, it, like James says, we look into that mirror and Lord, we don't like what we see. But Lord, we need to look into that mirror intently because it's only through the examination of, of those things, Lord, can we find the kind of healing Lord, to do the kind of maintenance, God, that will help us. To have an appearance that pleases you. So, Lord, right now, God, would you come and would you help us grow in character? You died for us to be able to grow in character. You died on the cross for all of our sins. And so, Lord, we we can't make any of this happen. We can't make it happen. We need you, oh God. Holy Spirit, would you come and empower us? Fill us with hope. What we need is just a little more want to today. Would you fill us with more want to, God? A focus on the truth. Holy Spirit, would you remind us of the truth of God's word? And as we look and as we engage in faith, Lord, we just know that, Lord, once we get on that roller coaster, it goes. We're on it. No turning back. So, Lord, right now, we commit to you. We jump on with you. Take us, lead us, step by step. Help us to grow in faith. To help us grow in wisdom. And, Lord, help us to take the risks that are necessary to to grow in these days. to say yes to you over and over again wherever we're challenged. Help us, God. Lord, I want to pray over your people today that, Lord, you just would just remove from them every ounce of hopelessness right now. Be gone in Jesus' name. He is your hope. He is your strength. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's his promise to us. So, Lord, we receive it. Let's do that. Let's just receive it from him today. Lord, we receive your grace. We receive your power. We receive in us, God, the ability to take that next step, to move forward in what you died for us to have. In Jesus' name, amen.